Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Father, we thank you tonight for your abiding grace, your ever-covering fortress and protection of our lives. Tonight we ask that you minister to us, that our spirits will be challenged, our spirits will receive meat and bone. Thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please have your seats. Amen. The year has begun. The other day I was thinking how even though we make so much noise about a new year, how that it's really not a new year. It starts the same way as any previous year. The problems don't change. Is the same problems. All my problems start the first day of the new year. I think it's a reminder that it's not something new, really. I don't know what new problem you will have this year, but I can assure you it will be the same problems you had last year. But then I also understood that the person handling the problem is the factor that matters because all these other things are not new. In fact, the preacher has made me to know that there's nothing new under the sun. So, the first few days of the year got me thinking and it got me wondering 
am I going to deal with the same old people and the same old problems in a supposed new year? And then my mind went to the theme for the year. The year of leadership. Leading myself as I lead others. What you will have to do if you've not started doing it already, is to begin to lead yourself. I don't know why, but God expects you to lead yourself before you can lead others. You are a liar and you want to lead others. There's a problem right there with that. Do you understand? Whether you respond or not, I'll say everything I came to teach. Yeah, it doesn't stop what I have to say. Just so you know. Yeah, it's your amen has never been a motivating factor. Yeah, so just so you know that I am on a tangent. Yes. That is why, can I get a glass of water or something? That is why they're even trying to choke me. Since when did I start teaching and I start choking? It's like the witches don't want me to teach what I came to teach. Hey, since when I will teach it? I watched a movie. I think it's quite an old movie. I yeah, I it's one of my favorite movies. The Devil's Advocate. And in that movie, there is a movie by Al Pacino. Uh, so, a guy who practices voodoo was in trouble with the law, you know, because he's killing animals. And there, you don't kill animals. So, he was taken to court and he hired this lawyer. You see, and really, he didn't need a lawyer. Um, the, the, what I felt in my throat reminded me of the movie. So, before the court session, he took the tongue of either a cow or a goat, and the Tank stood for the tank of the opposing lawyer. And he nailed 
the tank. He nailed it. And then he just went to, it, to court with his lawyer. He has finished the case. So when his lawyer stood up, he spoke, spoke, spoke. When the other guy stood up to speak, he started coughing. The guy coughed and coughed and coughed and had nothing to say about the case. Yes. So those who have nailed my tongue, I want you to know that my tongue is more powerful than the tongue of a goat. Of a cow. Do you understand? Yes. So, I will still teach what I have to teach. Even if you've nailed my tongue. That is why tonight, I'm going to teach you, and it's going to be hot. Hotter than it. In fact, this year, everything is going to be spicy and hot. Yes. The teachings are so going to be hot that as I'm teaching, you are, you are angry. Like, in your mind, you are boxing me, but you are not boxing me. And there's a reason for this change of attitude. Yes, we are wasting too much time playing church. Yes, and this year, None of us is allowed to play church. I'm going to say it again. I said we are wasting too much time playing church. And enough of playing church. Are you listening to me? So my first Teaching for the good general service is the eight greatest decisions of a leader. The eight greatest decisions of a leader. A leader. If you have not made these decisions, you're not going to be a great leader. Some people think that greatness will just come without making these decisions. Let, let me drop this one for free. Nobody assumes greatness. Hmm. Hmm. If you see some people, and I've met some of those kind, they will talk about doing business in millions. It's the truth of the matter. You don't assume millionaire status. They will talk, they will tell you how they've done business before and have done business in millions and have done business in this or that. You see, you can talk all you want. It is never assumed. 
That's why you notice something about truly rich people. They have few words. And then, broke people who are pretending on social media are the loudest. Men with substance have few words. Oh yeah. They interviewed a former slave queen in Ghana the other day. A former slave queen. And one time she outdoored a house. And the impression she gave everybody was, it's her mansion. Yes, but after God dealt with her, and she fell off the socialite wagon, it became clear that the house was a rented house. Yes, it was a rented house. Is it real rich people are not interested in showing off anything? But meet a poor man who has bought one shoe. Do you know how much my shoe costs me? Oh, yeah. If you don't tell us, we don't know. Isn't that the folly of this thing? If you don't say it, we don't know. And to see that, that's why you owe it to yourself to be authentic. Yeah. To be authentic, to be real. You will not assume greatness just by talking like a great person. There are decisions that lead you on the way to becoming a great leader. Since you're pretending you didn't hear what I said, I said there are decisions which will lead you on the journey of greatness. And I'll say what I said earlier. If you do not make these decisions, you can talk all you want, but you cannot assume greatness. Many people jump these decisions. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. You're not going to like my teaching tonight. Yeah, it's going to be one of the teachings you ever hate. If they ever recommend a teaching to you, you say, I'm not, I'm not going to listen, please. <laughs> Excuse me. No, another one. Yeah, I, I'm just going to be very straight. You're not going to like the teaching. Yes, and if somebody may, if you are here tonight and then, Oh, recommend one of Apostles' message. Is, excuse me. I've listened to that one. Please, recommend another one. Yes. You're not going to like it. Yes. 
Because some of you, it will show you really why you're not becoming a great leader. These decisions applies in an individual's life. You are just, forget oh, that you are leading anybody. It applies, these decisions applies in your life as an individual. Do you understand? And then now, if you're going to at all lead one or two, it applies again in your life. The more reason, whether it's for an individual or for a leader, it still applies to you. These decisions and choices must be made. Amen? So, let's look at the first decision. The eight greatest decisions of a leader. Number one. What's the number one decision? To be born again. Number one, to be born again. On your road to greatness. On your road to becoming a great leader. First of all, you must be born again. And we know you are not. I said, we know you are not. You talk like you are. You behave around here like you are. You know the jargons to use. But deep down in your heart, you know you are not saved. This is the reason you are finding it difficult to follow Christ. Paul says to us that if a man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you can be in the church. Right? You can talk like you're part of the church. But you have not the spirit of Christ. And Paul says, you are none of his. It is not your pastor that is claiming you are not of Christ. But the scriptures have laid it down. And I'm going to show you. But if, but ye are not in the flesh... But in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. If the spirit of God dwells in you, you will not be in the flesh. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, you won't be in the flesh. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 
You can force it. It's not there. It's not there. You don't have the spirit of Christ. It goes deeper than this. Paul said, and he's the same writer, he said that God knows those that are his. And let every man that mentions the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord, he was writing to Timothy, he said, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that mentions the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those that are his. So, we can play church for years. And the Lord knows them that are his. There are people, apart from the Lord knowing them that are his, they know they are not of the Lord. The knowledge is with two people. They themselves know, I am not of the Lord. And then the Lord knows that they are not of him. So, why are you wasting anybody's time? You have seen fellows that are not his. They've jumped ship and are now living the real thing that they are. You too, you are going to waste another 10 years pretending to be something you are not. Only after the years of pretending, you will go back to exactly what you were made to be. I told you it's going to be hot. If you start your journey of licentious living now, you become successful in five years. And somebody said, Amen. <laughs> if you begin your journey of fully and wholly committed to living like a reprobate, like a deviant, like a depraved person, I can promise you in five years you're going to be successful. I'm just giving you, stop wasting your time in something you know you will amount to nothing in that is following Christ. If you pursue your real calling now in five years, I'm telling you you own a house. Your vagina would have worked enough to get you a building. you start now living as you are originally I'm telling you are going to be successful I'm going to so make up wasting our time because eventually you end up a prostitute anyway eventually you end up somebody's second wife anyway so why waste my time you see you should have come to the first service of the year Yes. And you're wasting your own time, but you will be successful five years from now. The things you'll be buying, you'll be buying a car, you'll be posting pictures. I'm on my way to Dubai, I'm on my way to Qatar. You'll be in a plane taking photos because some of you that's what you, you want to take photos in an a, a Lulu plane. 
it's like we are preventing you from even taking photo. That's why some of you, when the occasion demands that you bring out your best photos, you don't spare at all. Some of you have collected photos awaiting posting. Why are you wasting your time? My teaching is real. Why are you wasting your time? So, that Christianity or following Christ is like a bondage to some of you. It's like I'm being kept under bondage. It's like I'm being kept under restriction. That is because the thing is not meant for you. I find expression in following Jesus. Nobody is commanding me to do this. Nobody is, nobody is sitting on top of me. I, am, I find expression in following Christ. And I find fulfillment. So if you're following and you feel like you are in prison, Charlie, truly you are in prison. Now, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I have liberty following Christ. I have liberty. I am not storing up sexy, saucy, nice looking photos for the day I become an orangu and then I post it and then I now feel I'm free. I don't have such plans because I have perfect liberty following Christ. So, if you begin your journey in your real calling, I can tell you five years from now, we may even come to you and say, Charlie, you remember you were in our church, so help us. Yeah. Please help us. Yeah, please help us. Please help us. Yeah. Either way, I, I think I'm a very good pastor. It seems like either way, I want you to be successful. You know? <laughs> either way, I, I, it seems like I, I, I truly want you to be successful. Yeah, following Christ, I want you to be successful. Yeah, and then if it's not meant for you also, Charlie, look at me, wishing you well, giving you counsel. Start your journey now. Stop wasting your time. No matter what the snake does when he's born today, it will grow up to behave exactly like the snake. Yes, the snake is not going to become like um, um, a cat just because you lifted the snake from the bush and brought it to your home and put it in a glass and you feed it with mice. It does, it will not change what the snake is. It will still grow to the length. It will still have venom if it's a venomous one. It will grow up to be a snake. And if you make a mistake, it will one day bite you. There's like, there's no two ways about it. So your struggle, now that you say, you say you are born again, your struggle in remaining saved is a proof that, Charlie, you are not. Or that you are struggling to make, should I remain 
serving the Lord or not. Mm. The way my life is going. Mm. Uh, is a sign that, Charlie, you will become exactly what you were called to become. That's why when people become something else, it doesn't surprise me. You get surprised. It doesn't surprise me because the scriptures made it to be so. It doesn't surprise me that somebody leaves church and then the person is, is a total, uh, come on, I, I guess from where I stand that I'm surprised. No. You were on a journey to becoming a champion drunkard. We only intercepted the journey for three years or four years or five years. So that your liver can rejuvenate. So we were just a, a momentary or a brief interaction in what you were on your way to become. And then along the line, you discovered that, Charlie, I'm not carved out for this thing. Yes, I'm, I'm not carved out for this. Let me go back to what I am, I am, I like, I love doing. So you have resumed. Then I sit and I'm surprised. I'm not surprised because the people that are Christ can never abandon Christ if you're one of his. As I'm telling you, you see, don't stop troubling your heart and troubling yourself and start the journey you were meant to start. I started this journey over 25 years ago. I'm still on the journey. And it doesn't look like anybody is there forcing me to be on the journey. Some of you are only here because there is somebody constantly forcing you. Stay on the road. When they are not there, which road will you be on? Decided from this wisdom that the only reason you are still here is because there are people looking up either looking up to you or looking at you and telling you, you know, you, you, you know, you can't go and do this. If those people go silent today, will you still be a Christian? And it's so clear when some of you talk that you're only here because somebody is keeping you here. And some of you, you you're beginning to sound like prisoners. Committee, committee, fellowship. Eh, I wanted to go here and LP Baron told me not to go. Yeah, you are a prisoner right there. You are a prisoner. Committee fellowship, head of committee fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship leader told you, you don't go. So many of you are here against your wishes. I want you to go where you, you, you are very comfortable. Yes. Yeah. That great, the first decision for somebody who is going to be on his way to greatness is first of all to be born again. Let's look at that. So, if you are not born again, we haven't started the journey to your greatness. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Have you even gone anywhere you are frowning? Hey. 
You know, when somebody fornicates, it's not really um, a proof that they are not saved, right? I was having a private conversation with Pastor Edwin, and I said something to him. When you come to charismatics, we place so much emphasis on the sins of the flesh. And we ignore the more dangerous sins. So I was having a conversation with him because he's a former Catholic. He used to have a blue and a yellow Bible. The Jerusalem Bible. He used to have it. He came to my church for many years. I think he wanted me to know, I come to your church, but I'm a Catholic. Yes. So I saw that Bible until it's imprinted in my mind. It's a blue and a yellow Jerusalem Bible. Yes. So I think at that time he was not ready to relinquish his Catholicism. You understand? So he carried it every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday is a very small Bible like this. Yes, yellow and blue. So I said to him that the Catholics have something they call cardinal sins. Cardinal sins. And that's so different from the sins of the flesh. When they talk of cardinal sins, and that is the sins you see among Pentecostals and amongst Charismatics. Pride. Pride is a cardinal sin. Pride. You see, so you may not fornicate, but you are proud. And between fornication and pride, one is a much deeper sin that even God repels. When you take pride and you take fornication, Paul will tell you that. If you, if you fornicate, you have not fornicated against God. First of all, you fornicated against your body. Then the sin moved to the next level where now you have just desecrated the temple of God. But where there is pride, God doesn't see it as a sin that he should wait for you to confess. He comes to resist that sin in your life. Where do you place fornication then? And where do you play the sin of pride? So they got it right. So amongst them, you see, they, they go and drink. And there's no emphasis on drinking is a sin. Then they, but the cardinal sins, they pay more attention to it. And in our setup, it is the opposite. You see a believer walking in hatred. That is singing hallelujah and pray. The fornicator is better than you praying in tongues with a heart full of loathing and hatred for a fellow believer. That is the, in our setup, we call it the sin of the spirit. They call it the cardinal sins. It is a sin. It goes deeper than somebody who just fell by way of fornication. 
So we don't have people who are working in like um, carnal sins or the sins of the flesh. We have people who are deeply rooted in the sins of the spirit and it's more deadly. It's more deadly. If you go and fornicate and you can find the willpower, the reason, the only reason you feel bad when you fornicate, today let me tell you because you seem not to know. (laughs) The only reason you feel bad when you fornicate is, and then to, to be able to find forgiveness for that particular sin is, I off the top of my head, I think it's the only scene where forgiveness starts with you, the person. Do you understand? Like, I don't know of any... If I go and steal, I can't ask myself for forgiveness because I didn't steal from myself. But when you fornicate, you're stealing from yourself. So first of all, you have to apologize to yourself, which you don't do. Yes. The guilt stems from the wrong usage of your body. That's why forgiveness for that sins begins with the self. Can I forgive myself? That's why a girl will go to the shower and stay at the shower for one hour because she has just missed misuse her body. She thinks the shower will cleanse her. And then under the shower, she's like, what what is this? What is this? It starts with the self. You see? Now you're shocking. (laughs) Yes. Which is a sin that if you find yourself capable of forgiving us, you can get rid of. Because that knowledge or rather that wisdom okay brings a a certain value or self-worth to you are you listening to me is it you can't tell me what i'm saying is not true you have ever had sex with the wrong person and you were crying after that you went and cried yes you went and cried Yes, you told yourself certain things. Yeah, you, that's, that's it. You have ever gone and done something and then in your alone time, you were weeping. Because that sin is first of all against you yourself. Now you listen to me. Hmm. So that one, you can decide, I'm going to forgive myself. Then there is a sin that goes deeper. And you see, so that over the years, the charismatics and the Pentecostals pay so much attention to the sins of the flesh. Yeah. To the utter neglect of the sins of the spirit. Which are sins that brings one into condemnation or damnation. The sin, you see, the devil's first sin was as the sin of pride. 
That is why no matter what the devil does, there can be no atonement for him. When man sinned, God prepared atonement for his salvation. Have you asked yourself, why couldn't he do that for the devil? To answer that, the question is, what was his sin? And what was the origin of that sin? Because that sin did not originate with him. That sin, when Lucifer was created, he wasn't created with the sin of pride. Otherwise, God is guilty for who Lucifer became. That sin came from outside of Lucifer. Are you listening to me? So then, that's, that's why, for example, the sin of pride is one of the sins God hates. Yes, he hates it. But you come among charismatics and amongst Pentecostals, right? Then you see them majoring on this and then to the neglect of the sins of the spirit, like pride. So, maybe when I'm talking about being born again, I know where your mind is going. Yes. Some of you, the day your pimping stops working, you will stop fornicating. That cannot be like a sin that determines something that stops when he stops. Do you get what I said? But does pride stop when your pimping stops? I'm showing you something. You steal. Something that stops when you have money. You, st you steal because you don't have money. Because you're broke. Right? Yeah, something you can stop. Come on now. When, let's say now you have money. How do you stop hatred? What happens when you stop hatred? I'm taking you somewhere. What happens for you to stop hatred? Are you, are you flowing? What else stops? You, you, you stop having abortions when your womb gets tired. Right? Yes. You can't abort anymore. At a point, girls cannot abort anymore. Yeah, even the doctor says, no, 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 I can't do it. Take it somewhere. Take it somewhere. Take it here. Yes. So you stop murder. So that's murder. You stop murder. Now that you cannot even carry belly anymore. Right? But how do you stop the sin of the spirit? I'm, I'm looking for one other sin of the spirit. Huh? Murder is not a sin of the spirit. You understand? Yes. So, how do you stop envy? Do you understand? You, you are able to stop having abortions because now even the baby won't come for you to kill. For you to abort. So now you are no more an abortionist. You have stopped it. You stopped it not voluntarily. How do you stop envy? Or what happens for you to stop walking in envy? 
You are a gossip. And some of you, once you marry, you stop gossiping. Yeah, right now, the only reason you're gossiping is you're too alone and you're frustrated in your life. So you can stop gossip by physical, practical ways. Some of you, the moment you get a husband, you'll see that you're no more in the chama meeting or the gossip association. So you can stop gossip. But how do you stop greed? What happens for you to stop greed? So, I'm I'm, I'm teaching you something. You can stop gossiping. Some of you, once you have a man who gives it to you good and you are tired, you can't pick up phone and say, Niambia, what are Niambia? You don't have time for gossip. So you can stop the gossip. I, some of you, you're gossipy right now or you are gossip queens because 24 hours you are free. And you have become a busy body in other people's matters. So even gossip, you can stop. When people marry, their status change. Some of you, there are people you relate to right now. When you marry, you relate to them anymore. Oh, yeah. So you can see that your relationship is very fluke. It's, it's very fluke. So you can stop gossiping. Right? How do you stop greed? What happens for you to stop greed? And here is the answer. You can stop um, every other thing. Depending on the right condition, the right atmosphere. Do, do you understand? Yes. Some of you, for example, if you don't have a house, you won't fornicate. So the, the only thing is to make sure you don't have a house. You'll be, you'll be very sour, sour. Huh? Oh, yeah. 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 So you, you see, you can stop fornication. When the conditions don't allow it, so you can go for like six months, no action. Because where will you go and do it? So it's something that seizes based on your conditions or circumstances of life. Like you are living in one room, you are six boys, and three are resident pastors. They never move. They never leave. They never go anywhere. Why are you going to fornicate? Right? So you can see, you, somebody can stop. The, the only reason you have champion fornicator is you have a place to take a girl. You have a place to take a boy. That's it. But what happens for you to stop Glutony. Overeating. Excessive eating. What will happen for somebody to stop excessive eating? So here's the difference. With all these sins of the flesh, 
under the right circumstance, the right whatever, somebody can walk away from those sins, right? But to stop envy, to stop pride, to stop wrath, to stop sloth, laziness. Laziness is a sin of the spirit. Oh, I, why would I have jammed this one? Laziness is that spirit or that sin that comes sloth. Is that sin that like you, you try to free yourself. Oh, I'm going to be hard working. And then you form bam. That's why it's sloth is, is extreme laziness. Some of you seated here and I've seen people who walked away from the ministry because of sloth. I can't clean the church. Sloth. Madam Sloth. I, oh, if the ministry has to do with uh, washing suits, I, I, uh, is, is it sloth is a much deadly sin than even fornication. You wake up in one place, you eat in the same place, you watch TV in the same place, you, don't, you can't even get up to go and wash your hands. You are stuck in one place for a whole day and for the rest. It's, it's a much deeper sin than you can imagine. And some of you always tell you you're lazy. You say, oh, they're just saying something. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. There's no man who marries a sloth of a wife. That would be a happy man. I'm telling you. They have, you, they have even, you haven't even married them. They are sending you with a bucket of water. What are you doing? What are your hands for? You can't even carry a bucket of water. And somebody says, that is my future wife. You're a joker. You're so lazy that your mind is to take somebody's son and turn him into a minion. A minion. Some of you are not looking for husbands. You're looking for minions. You're looking for a minion. You're looking for a puppet. Huh? Yeah, most young men think that, oh, once a girl depends on you, oh, please bring me water. In me, she loves you. Hey, I've never seen a fool like you before. <laughs> in my entire life, I, I'm brother, I'm telling you, in my entire life, I've never seen a fool like you before. Your gawo is World Cup level gawo. Naturally, how does a woman demonstrate her affection for a man? I think, you see, if you take this year, my teachings as you have taken it every other year, next year will come and you are, you'll be seated there, the same person, until you take what I teach you to heart. How does a woman demonstrate her affection for a man she loves? You see her becoming serviceable. So now, she demonstrates her love and affection. She has no other way to demonstrate it other than being serviceable. Now you, they have made you the serviceman. And you call it love. You are in prison. And you are looked for and they look for you and they say, I can, yeah, this, 
I can tell that yeah, this can be my mumu. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Then they set the trap for love for you, and then he fell into it, and he's walking around thinking he's in love. You are gawo. Check out the Proverbs 31 woman. She wakes up early in the morning to start taking care of her husband and her household. She's hungry. She waits for you to come and cook food for her. Amen, 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 amen. To even get up and fetch a cup of water for herself, she, she would rather wait for you. Yeah, Cliff is on the way. When he comes, he'll fetch a, a, a cup of water for me. Yeah. He's on the way. Yeah. And then when Cliff isn't coming, then she makes a call. Where are you? You're, you're, then the, your poor Gawo is somewhere and he's, oh, my relationship. Oh, we are having poor colors. We are, you are Gawo. And the only reason they even called you to begin with is because she can't get up and get herself a glass of water. The boy boy has to get home. I know they'll look at me. Yeah. yeah, you know, some so many of you brothers, and today I'll I'll I'll, I'll use the word Pastor Do taught me. Many of you are pussy whipped. Yes. Yes. Many of you brothers, they have used pussy to whip you. Yeah, you have his baby. I won't give you. You have been whipped. Then you see a man subdued because of this. see a full man subdued because the girl said since you have decided to follow apostles teaching don't call me don't come near me yeah go let apostle give you apostle should give him what huh. apostle should give him what <laughs> And when they use or issue such useless threats, yeah, you now see a brother subdued. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. After all this teaching, they'll still go, uh, say, hey, hey, where are you, cop? Boy, water. Yeah. 
But the virtuous woman, if you want to know all she does, is in Proverbs 31. Yes. She shows affection by her service. It's the natural expressions of correct women. I said correct women. But this slothful Jezebels, they are looking for a boy or a man to serve them. Is it that the, 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 the issue with yours is that they are not even pretending? Yeah, in some scenarios, a girl can pretend and say, You, they are showing you that you are my boy. You are here. When I say jump, ask me how high. And if that's what you call love, then I'm the Pope. Hmm. Oh yeah, if that's what you, you call love, trust me, I'm the Pope. Yes. It can never change into love. It will degenerate. It will become worse when you marry. And in your unhappiness, you will become a drunkard you become a drug addict, you'll be hooked to something, and in that same depression, you may even kill her. Take my teaching and make jokes with it. I'll shout, shout here. They'll send one boy after service. You go. Idiot. you stop? Back to my sins. How do you stop sloth? She's a girl. She's slothful. Is it as how come I can tell you for free? I've shown you. You can stop fornication. If, if Jesus takes away your house, hey, you'll be very near to Jesus from today. Yeah, like you have a house, a room and Jesus takes the room. You understand? And says, I won't give you accommodation anymore. Hey, you'll be very close to Jesus. In fact, one of your favorite scriptures will be, uh, Jesus is my husband and my maker. <laughs> but how do you st- stop sloth? All these things, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride, are stopped only when a man is saved. Because I have seen people who are not saved and they stop fornicating. But they cannot tell you that they had a salvation moment. No, they got tired. People have stopped drinking because they got tired. You can stop drinking. One time you just think, So people can stop. Salvation is not what makes them stop drinking per se. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So how do you stop pride? You, that's how you measure if you're saved or not. Are you walking in these things of the flesh, of the spirit? These ones, 
You can't stop pride because you are tired. The thing is hooked into your heart. It has put its tentacles deep into your heart, deep into your soul. How do you stop it? You don't get tired of pride. But you can get tired of fornication. Especially if Pim Pim says, I won't work for you again. Your own is finished. So, does, are you stopping that fornication because you're saved? No. Even when you jack, 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 they say, I, I won't work for you. But how do you stop envy? Unless you're truly saved. So you can see right from the teaching that the journey of salvation, Bado. As long as you walk in envy, you walk in greed, gluttony, lust, wrath, pride. You have a much bigger problem than the fornicator. As for the fornicator, we only need to pray that his pimping will not work. One time we were, I was in secondary school and I was part of the scripture union. And when the scripture union organized prayer and fasting, every term, when we come to school, we do prayer and fasting to start the term with. Yes, we have gone for holidays. When we return, we're doing prayer. And, and all scripture union members, they don't go to dining hall. I didn't start fasting today. So, at one time, they realized that, People are not coming for prayer and fasting. They, ring, they hear the dining hall bell. They are off to eat in the dining hall. So we prayed a prayer at scripture union that the food will turn into gravels when they go to eat. I'm talking about people who could pray for six hours, seven hours, and they made the entire school the subject of their prayer. The Lord thinks they won't come for prayers and they are eating. We are fasting. They are eating. People went to dining hall. They were eating rice and they were eating gravels. And then they heard that hey, we have prayed against them. The next day, the prayer and fasting, all scripture union members were there. Next time you are eating rice, when we are fasting, you eat maggots. I don't know why I have forgotten that. You can pray for food to into something else. I've remembered it now. You think you are eating madondo asomoa. The thing is the eye of vultures. You are eating vulture eyes. And I'm not joking. They were eating gravels. They were eating gravels. Yes. And my, our school scripture union was one of the biggest scripture unions in Ghana. I'm telling you. Yes. When we gather for scripture, you know, it's bigger than the school, the whole school assembly. And then fasting and prayer, where are these people? Dining hall, dining hall, dining hall. And then they raised the prayer for us to pray. We prayed against them. They were eating gravels in the dining hall. The next day, they were all at the prayer and fasting. Yes. So what they did was, at six you break fast. So dining hall is around six. So since I'm fasting, I send Eric, please take my bowl to the dining hall and get me food. I'm going to pray. Then when they return, they now, before they take their bowls, they sit down and eat. You're behaving like an unbeliever. 
Yeah. So now after that prayer and they had gravels, all of them returned. So they will now say, oh Peter, take my bowl, please. Get me some food when I return. Yeah. So all these other sins, depending, you understand, you can stop. And you see, the truth of the matter is, you may take what I'm teaching for granted, but if you listen deeply, how do you stop greed? Unless you're saved. Unless you're saved. So when you see somebody walking devoid of pride, devoid of envy. You sit in church and you envy. You are a sister. You see another sister and you are angry. Your heart is telling you so much. You see, you, you may ignore it. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I love about people who are not serious is the fact that they will always say, as for me, I don't hate anybody. It's a lie. As for me, I don't have a problem with anybody. It's a lie. Because if you be honest with yourself, you do. How do you stop wrath? Look at you. You are always, when you get angry, you vibrate. Anger. And wrath goes beyond anger. It's extreme anger. So like your, when we talk of wrath now, wrath is anger that becomes punitive. So you're angry. You say, where's my the roller pin? So you, that's not anger. That's like wrath. You feel like you, you need to use the iron to smash or you see the person, if I only had a knife. So you see that wrath now has now made you into even a murderer. So how do you stop wrath? Unless you're truly saved. So forget this concentration on, oh, I, I, the last time I fornicated was um, um, November, November 21st. But you're full of greed. You're slothful. Yeah, you have wrath. You have envy. You have pride. So if you overlook these things, you will sit here and assume that I am saved. Truth is you're not. Take me to John chapter 3 quickly. Let me show you something there. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus. There was a man of the Pharisees. If you're not careful, you have a church of Pharisees. I'm telling you. Name Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. These are the members I have in the church. Apostle, the Lord sent you for me. You're talking like Nicodemus. You're talking like brother Nicodemus. And that's why I will be a fool just because he said, Apostle, God sent you to Kenya for my life. And then I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm sent to Kenya for you. I'm sent to Kenya for your life, but I see you and you don't resemble one of the people I was sent to Kenya for. 
Religionists always have the right words. They have what they say to give them access to you. Uh-huh. You see now you are... <laughs> That's why you can say that and tomorrow I preach and teach something you hate and you hate me for it. Nicodemus came. Oh, you know, I'm going to say the right words to the rabbi. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. You know, Apostle, I know you are truly a, 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 an anointed saint man. I mean, you, you can't survive in Kenya if you are not anointed. You see, you have learned to say the right words. You have learned to say the thing that will give you access. But you see, the access you are looking for is not the access you need. The access you need is greater than a man's access. So, say all the right things, but ensure of this thing. Verse 3. Look at what Jesus said. So, he praising rabbi. Praising. Jesus didn't have time for his nonsense. Jesus answered and said to you, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, brother Nico. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. The kingdom of God. Coming to praise me with sweet words will not take you to the kingdom of God. Eh? Down to rabbi. You can try it on a, 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 a rabbi or a teacher who is fixated on, on, on sycophants. Fixated on flatteries. Yeah. In my church, people get angry when I don't buy their flatteries. Yes, I, I know people, they get, oh, you are a wonderful father. Wonderful father, next rebuke. I'm no longer a wonderful father. And then I'm here, once he say wonderful father, I get visited on a forward for. Please. At my age, you think I'm looking for sweet words. Excuse me. Do you know things people have told me before? Your own is it, if I tell you, up your game. <laughs> Having me read their level, and you are getting angry because I don't buy your own. I appreciate you. Look at look at your chip. Your your own is I appreciate you. People have prom- had promised to take a bullet for me. You are appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. See, you don't even have vibes. Look, Nicodemus came with nice words. If you are if you are around me, you know I don't respond to flatteries and sycophantic words. I don't. I don't have time for them. Huh? Huh? I mean, at my level, I have I, I am so bored in my life that I need you to give me sweet words. 
There were people in the church after I preach every message, I'll get a message from them. What a teaching. They go over my revelation. You, you have not even gone over my revelation. And they make me feel like I teach something that is out of this world. People. Come here with your penya penya. I appreciate you. And I used to, you know, feel like I, I was the most anointed teacher they have ever had. A thing when you also come with what a revel, what a, this, that is going to sway me. Nah. One day Jesus, Jesus will come back to John chapter 3. Jesus was teaching like that. And one woman decided to give Jesus raps. No. The woman had this. She was like, wow. In the book of Luke, he said, blessed is the womb that bore thee and the paths from which thou suckled. Who has ever told you that before? Hey, apostle. Your mother's womb is blessed. Your mother has the most anointed breast. The woman lifted her voice in the church. Blessed is the womb that bear thee and the paths from which thou hast sacked. Wow. You're preaching and one of your members says, hey! Quiet church! An ordinary womb did not carry this man. And an ordinary breast did not feed him. A novice pastor will be like, you've all heard, right? <laughs> Should I see more? Should I say more? But look at Jesus' response. He said, yeah, rather. But he said, yeah, rather. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. What a response to give. You are praising a teaching you don't practice. <laughs> I won't come down. You are practicing a te- you are you are praising a teacher who's teaching you don't practice, and then you get offended on top when he doesn't receive your praise. Nobody tells me anything about my teaching. I believe only one person, and I want you to know. There's only one person who makes a comment about my teaching that I give it some thought. Pastor Edwin, everybody else, help me bury, help me Lisa, mm-mm. the rest of you. Mm-mm. <laughs> Blessed is the womb that bought. The person who raised their hand. Microphone, microphone. Hey, praise the Lord. You are not ordinary. And your teachings are not ordinary. Ah, the womb that carried you is a blessed womb. 
Yeah, we thank God. We thank which God? Yeah, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. All those that praised me, you were sent here for me. I'm here now. Where are you? I'm here. I'm still here. I've not been sent back. I'm still here. So where are you? You said I came here for you. Shows you how cheap words are. I'm still here. Have I gone? Have I been deported? I'm here now. So where are you? So to be a teacher and fixated on people's words and not see that is Eric truly saved, you will be deceived. I'm telling you. Back to John chapter 3. Oh, we know. Thou art a teacher sent from God. No man doeth these miracles except God be with him. Brother Nico. Verily. Verily. All these things you are saying. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the, the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Can he? Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. If you live your life the way you, are, you were born, Right? Every man before he encounters Jesus is a man born of the flesh. The encounter with the saving Jesus is what makes a man born of the spirit. So if you have not encountered Jesus, hear me, you will be flesh. And by being flesh, you will be fleshly all through your life. The encounter with the regenerating spirit is what gives you a part of you that is now born of the spirit. So Jesus was telling Nicodemus, as you were born by your mama, that's how you are. Then when you are born of the spirit, you're also now spirit. So now in every man that truly encounters Jesus, there is you that is you born of the flesh, so we know you, we see you. But then when an encounter with Jesus alters your spirit, so that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There must be a part of you that is born of the spirit. So many people in the church 
are born of the flesh. Yes. They are yet to encounter that regenerating spirit of God. They have not. Some of you have things you should forgive. 15 years ago, you have not forgiven. You two, you're walking around here saying you're born again. Excuse me, you are like brother Nico. We know you're a teacher come from God. No man do what they say. You see, you have religious words and things to say. And like the woman in Luke 11, you have things to say. Oh, blessed is the womb. That body. Apostle, where did you learn these things from? At what time did you learn them? Here you have the right words. But the truth is that unless you hear the word of God and you keep it, that's what matters. Unless you're born again, that's what matters. And I've taken time earlier to show you. Oh yes. That you have stopped fornicating doesn't mean you are born again. Some of you, you stopped having sex when you got gonorrhea. It doesn't mean you're born again. So, what I'm showing is that all those other things can be stopped. Yes. There are people who retire from drinking. They willingly, and they have not. They are not saved. Yes. So now you you want to make your retirement from smoking bangi a sign that you are saved? No, it goes beyond your stopping bangi. What if you go to heaven now and Jesus shows you that? You know, you could have smoked more bangi. You'll be like, ah! My pastor deceived me. <laughs> oh, yes. When I go to heaven and then Jesus says, oh, you know, you could have smoked bangi. I would have no, I would miss it that I didn't smoke it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are some people, they, they are not saved. They've never touched alcohol. Yes. My mother could drink beer, but she hated the scent of cigarette. But you, you, you enjoy. Yes. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. It, it may be that naturally the thing repels you. Yeah, naturally the thing just puts you off. There are some people, alcohol naturally puts them off. It doesn't mean they are born again. Yes. The smell of it just puts them off. Yeah. It doesn't mean the person is, is saved. Do you understand? Yeah. If such a person is saved, then I'm the Pope. Yes. But you see, you must verily, verily, your the greatest decision, one of the greatest decisions, if you're going to be a great leader, is to make sure that first of all, truly, you are saved. Huh. 
But the way you can lie. I said the way you. Is it if you pretend I didn't say something that has touched you? Eh? One of the sins of the spirit is lying or testing the Holy Spirit, right? Take me to Acts chapter 5. You are not a fornicator, but you are a liar. It's going to be hot. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira. Careful who you marry. You know, if you are in a church, last friends in and so, oh, Mr. Ananias, this is Sapphira. It sounds nice. I'm, I'm surprised that some people even choose beloveds because of the name. Yes. Some young ladies um, don't accept proposals because of your name. I, I mean, imagine I'm called Mrs. Wabukati for the rest of my life. Ananias and Sapphira sounds very, very wow. Yes. <laughs> Abukati is a real name, senior. Other people are called Mrs. Roxen. Me, when they call me, Mrs. Wabukati. Onyagao. Nyangao. Mrs. Nyangao. Nah. Even though I like you, but mm-mm. yes, I get surprised. People choose even spouses based on names. Yes. Mrs. Hyena. Senna. But if you hear a name in the church, like, oh, um, Pastor Ananias, LP Safira. Some people choose future wives based on that she's petite. I like them petite. And some choose future wives based on color. I like Fanta looking sisters. Is it? Truth is, you are not serious. A petite sister that will take you to hell is Good by you. And a fanta looking sister. 
that will cause your ministry to diminish is fine by you because the fact is that to start with, you are not saved. Because if you are saved, you look for somebody whose presence in your life will take your ministry to another dimension. You are looking for petitness. That is why she is all the things you know. I said that is why she is all the things you know will not aid in your ministry but you are comfortable with it because you are a man that is not saved and you are living a carnal life and you are comfortable with that because at the end of the day she will give it to you good. You can see here. Anybody that appoints you, Pastor Ananias and L.P. Safira, as his pastor is doomed. I hate any young man who doesn't have the nerve to correct his beloved. And I have a reason, I have a biblical stand for it. Adam, when I meet Adam in heaven, he and I will have a conversation. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I've, I've, I've questions and I've tons of questions. You see, Adam was pussy whipped by Eve. Yes. Because why would you choose to side with Eve against the express instructions of God? And I see brothers behaving like Adam. There is God here. There is Eve here. And Mumu man say, I'm choosing Eve. And you know, I was alone before God brought her to my life. You know, those are the Mumu things the guy thought about and ate the the, the, the fruit. I was alone. I was alone before she came and God brought her to my life. You know, and if God brought her to my life, then if she's eating the fruit, it must have been a good thing. So I'm also going to eat. You will be surprised that's what Adam would tell us. I heard God and God spoke to me. My wife is saying another thing and there I am putting God's word by the words of my wife. And I'm choosing my wife's word above God's express instruction. You're not saved. You are the kind that will marry and will make you a branch pastor. And your wife will tell you, sell the instrument. And you sell the instrument and go to Jamaica. Don't eat the fruit. Da, 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 da. Then Eve comes and says, Adam, hey, you are missing something. What am I missing? Oh, the fruit. Which fruit? Is it the one? Um, no, 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 no. The one in the middle. I've, I've, I've eaten it. Sweetheart. You know, those of you, when they call you sweetheart, you look, you, 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 you are a man, but suddenly you are making... Uh,
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, my wife doesn't call me baby. I don't look like a baby. And if you think I'm missing something because I, I'm not called baby, you're a mumu. Huh? Full grown man like me, you're calling me baby. Huh? You, the only motivation for your existence and your life is one foolish girl has saved you as my hope. That's why she can do anything and oh, I am her hope. Adam behaved like you. Adam behaved like you. She had a fruit and came and you know, Adam, I've eaten the fruit. So, oh, okay, you have eaten the fruit. Um, you know what we do now? I also eat the fruit. Yeah. You've eaten it. I also eat it. We're in this together. That's why any relationship where your beloved, huh? The danger. That's what I'm, you see. It looks like it's not connected. It is connected to everything in your future. Any relationship where your beloved cannot tell you the truth is a relationship of two doomed people. So right now you can't make the connection because as idiotic as you are, your heart beats when they call you baby, baby more, baby more. My prince, my prince of princes, they are even giving you Jesus' title and Mumu, you are collecting it. That's why immediately after that, Paul was very strong in advocating to the church. That the woman should learn in silence because of the possible danger of what happens. Yes. Adam was not the first man to sin. It was the woman. Who ate the fruit first? The woman. Adam only saw his, 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 his beloved. And showed her solidarity in joining her. The woman was first deceived. Paul said it. The woman was first deceived. That's why you have no business being in a relationship if you cannot lead a woman. She's leading you. Back to the garden. Part one. You should have enough sense, young man, if you like get angry. I said this 2023. You should have enough sense to lead a sister in the correct way. If you don't have that sense, leave them alone. When I see a sister leading you, send you, boy, boy, I have no respect for you. I, I might, oh, when you, yes, Mandela, but I don't respect you. That's the truth. Not that I don't like you. I like you, but I don't respect you. Yes. You must have enough sense to lead a woman about. That's why the qualification to be a bishop 
In fact, Timothy 3 is that you must govern your own household well. For Then he said, for if a man cannot govern his, cannot rule his own house, how can he rule the church of God? The wife will now tell you, uh, Saturday you are preparing. So, darling, you are preparing. Say, yeah. You know, tomorrow when you, when you go to church, when you are preaching, sit at, um, you need to talk about those women that they are. Now your wife is giving you sermon. Foolish man. When you also go and stand in the church, your wife has used you to fight her battle in the church. So now you stand there and you are talking about some women in this church, you are like this. And then she'll be there and say, Amen, pastor. Preach, pastor. You didn't get it from the Holy Spirit. Your wife told you how to preach. It's even worse now when he, he finishes and they make a mistake and they hand over the microphone to you. Praise the Lord. As my husband was preaching, I felt God was talking to us. There are some of us, so you allow a weak man, you allow your wife to run amok in the church using you to fight her battles. That was what Adam did. Yes. That was what Adam did. Yeah. If you're a man and you can't rule your own house, you cannot take care of the church of God. Simple. And we start seeing that when the sisters around here are making you carry handbags and baby bottles and water bottles and carrying whatever. In the church, everybody honors you. Our father in the Lord. And then when you go to the house, your wife is making you wash her panties. Idiot. And she has sat the whole day painting her, 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 her nails. And they are here. You look at them. They are here. Sitting. They are here. Pastor, you know, you know I, it's not, it's not, the, it's not your fault, oh, women. It's not your fault. You know, the moment God placed the curse on the woman, you see, and every one of you should learn this. I've, I've not finished point number one. Oh. Oh. I've finished. No. Just that as I teach, I get more revelations. Yes. Yeah. You see, if you see um, Genesis chapter 3, what he said to the woman, they'll go to verse 15. Verse 14, let me see verse 14. Yes. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, Thou art cares above all cattle and above every beast of the field and upon thy belly shall thou go. Which means that the serpent was not before going on his belly. Do you, do you understand? And dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. 
And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. The woman, the woman, the first woman was too happy. So as part of her punishment, her sorrow was multiplied. That's why some of the most dangerous women are happy women. You see them always laughing. They are more wicked than the devil. Oh yeah. If they show you their real heart, you jump and pass. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. So ever since God said that the husband will rule over the woman, they've decided, no, we ate the fruit first. We will seek to rule over them. They will try, but we will seek to rule over them. That's why every woman likes control. Because it's as though this is what is denied me. I'm going to take it anyway. So a woman needs a man who knows his place. That no, you can't have control. Tafadali. Mungu amesema. You understand what I'm saying? So it's natural for every woman to seek control. Oh, yes. Have you asked yourself why countries and nations rarely vote for women president? Have you asked yourself that? Let me tell you something. If women were equally ruling countries, there would be no peace in the world. Men are logical, reasonable, human beings. Women are emotional human beings. So, the president of Kenya, Mrs. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Wabukati, and then the president of um, uh, Uganda, Miss, Miss, Miss Anne uh, uh, Sulumboa. <laughs> Sulumboa, Sulumboa. They went for a conference. They went for a conference. And then Miss Solomboa, the president of Uganda, when she returned to Uganda, said, I don't like the way Mrs. Wabukati of Kenya was looking at me at the conference. Hello, Army General. Hello, Army General. I want to teach that woman a lesson. She's not thinking. Why are you going to war? She looked at me badly. There will be no peace in the world. I'm telling you the truth. Even though now there will be peace, is a lie. There will be no peace. You see them acting on emotions. Many sisters here, they act on emotions. That's why they're not good leaders. That's why they're not going to be successful leaders. 
until you stop acting on emotions and you start reasoning, then you can see clearly. So let's start with being born again. And I've not finished. Decision number one. To be saved, to be born again, is the journey everyone will take into greatness. It starts with truly being saved. Not that I'm saved. No, truly being saved. Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen so many people sitting in church for so many years to become depraved at the end of the day. So when I talk about being truly saved, it's not a subject I have finished. Rise up on your feet. We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the Word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.